Okay, good afternoon everyone. My name is Mordechai Holtz, uh, Board Advisor for Blockchain Israel. This is the first time that Blockchain Israel is going to actually be doing uh, a podcast, and we're really excited to be interviewing Josh Liggett from the uh, Our Crowd, the Investment Analyst and FinTech um, and Blockchain Lead uh, for Our Crowd. Uh, how are you doing, Josh? Doing great. Awesome. So, you know, in advance of our Blockchain Israel uh, hackathon, which is coming up in a couple of days, uh, we figured it would be a great time to start getting uh, interviewing some of the great experts, uh, enthusiasts of uh, blockchain in the, in, in the country and around the world, and we wanted to hear from you and ask you a couple of questions. Sure, yeah, I'm also going to be at the hackathon. Uh, really looking forward to going as well, and uh, going to have a fun time, hopefully. Awesome. So, the I guess the first question would be really is what if you could describe and tell us a little bit more about first about yourself and then tell us about what you think are about the the crypto scene in Israel trends insights and what do you expect for the next two two to five years? Sure. So about myself, uh, I got into fintech uh, in the mid two thousands uh, when I started an e commerce platform. Uh, I saw all the it was in the clothing industry, so saw what happened with traditional factoring, um, which is a big problem and fintech has came to disrupt. That's really the first time I really came across it. I moved to Israel, um, really wanted to get into the fintech scene, eventually started working at a fintech media publication called Tearsheet, where we sort of took a middle-of-the-road approach between incumbents and startups. Um, the year after that, I started working for our crowd and have been our crowd ever since, uh, which I'm really, really happy and it's going great. Um, but I, I keep that view, you know, going forward when, when I look at the blockchain scene. I started getting, really getting involved in blockchain 2016. Some people call me early. I call myself late. Um, when I look at the experts that I really look at, look to the, you know, the, the, we can we should talk about later uh, if you'd like. But uh, I started investing in late 2016 in the space. Um, and I, I really see, you know, Israel is being, in terms of what Israel is providing. Um, it's similar to a lot of like driverless car and, and the cell phone where, you know, it's something that we talk about uh, is that the driverless car is going to be crawling with Israeli tech. You may not see it, um, but it's going to be there. It's going to be stuff that's sort of underneath everything. So I think that's going to be the same thing with Israel's contribution to blockchain, just like their contribution to cybersecurity is something that is something that is invisible to many people, but it's really there and helps really provide a lot. The great example is the work that Aviv Zohar and Yonatan Sobolewski did uh, on, on Ghost, which turned to Spectre, which turned to Phantom, which, is, which are DAGs, um, which IOTA is based on, which so many people are, are building on top of DAGs. When, when I mentioned, hey, we're, we're sitting in Jerusalem right now, and the technology was developed, you know, a 20, 20, you know, 10-minute drive from here, uh, people are shocked. Um, so that's just one little example uh, of, of what Israel, Israel is building, and they're going to be building more and more uh, solutions in the blockchain space similar to that. Awesome. That sounds like a, sounds like a real, Israel is really like many things in technology. Israel is at the <clears throat> excuse me at the cusp of, the, of like really going forward. Um, what do you think in terms of the? I guess we'll, we'll talk about the trends or what insights that you expect for the next two to five years out of blockchain, crypto, uh, in terms of Israel, the world. What do we, what should people expect uh, from that side? Sure. So I think that we're. I like to compare, you know, the, the crypto space to the internet bubble. Um, I do think that we're in a bubble of crypto as well. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, people, bubbles, you know, seem bad. I don't think they're bad. Um, the, I would say we're, I don't even know if we're at AOL on a CD with, you know, AIM and, 
and uh, dial-up modems and Netscape Navigator. I, I don't know if we're there yet. Those were the good days. Good old days, you know, where your phone was making all your modems making all these crazy noises and all that. And, and your mom's yelling at you to get <laughs> off the phone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then if someone called you, you blew up your connection. Yeah, so I, I think we're we might be there. We we're it could be it could be argued that we're before that. There's so many issues with blockchain right now, and with specifically with cryptocurrencies. Not with blockchain, you know, obviously there are some issues, but cryptocurrencies and just using, you know, blockchain and using trying to trade and buy and all these things, so many issues. Scalability is a huge issue. It's something that many people talk about. The fact that Visa can do, you know, two thousand transactions a second in its sleep and Ethereum right now could do like twenty five. Which is a problem, especially when you're not just trying to be a payment network, when you're trying to be a smart, trying to do smart contracts and run casinos and and uh, you know and uh, cloud storage platforms, all these other things. The UX is atrocious. Right. Um, it's horrible. Um, and that we need to fix that a lot. Um, and then the privacy issue. Uh, I think those are the three biggest issues that that need to, to help us get from step to zero to one. There's a lot of things after that. That's where I think that's the two year plan. Um, the four-year plan, one thing that I look at is um, the fact that this world is run on credit, on credit cards specifically. And in Israel, it's a little different, but many people are on credit cards. And credit cards and blockchain don't jive. No. Um, they don't. Uh, the, there's no do-overs in blockchain, or there's not supposed to be do-overs in blockchain. Um, and the fact that, you know, when they were first allowing you to buy a, a blockchain, a Bitcoin with a credit card, I thought that was a crazy idea. Because the fact that what if some defaults, you know, then what happens there? People, you know, so the fact that we need to, if you want to credit, what a credit card is, if you think about it, is a, it's a personal finance tool for to allow for greater liquidity or, greater, or better cash flow management for an individual, and that doesn't work with blockchain as it is right now. So if we want to get to have you know blockchain be a part of regular payments, not only do we have to solve throughput, not only do we have to solve privacy and UX, we also have to solve the credit issue. Yeah. So I think that's something that's more four years down the road as opposed to two. Um, and yeah, and that's I think that's just the, some of the things that we're going to have to get to uh, in order to uh, really have a lot of mainstream adoption. That's actually really interesting because today, uh, after I posted that I'm going to be a mentor at this upcoming uh, hackathon, someone from my past called me up and said, can you explain to me blockchain? Now, I was trying to be very, you know, water it down a lot, and, but one of the things I did say is that it will actually create create a lot more transparency for uh, businesses and organizations in terms of their cash flow and keep responsibility throughout everyone in the community. Um, so that's actually really what you just said is exactly what I was trying to explain was that sometimes it's not necessarily that right now we're at the beginning stages of blockchain and people integrating it, and it may be that we are not there yet with like you said with credit card payments and, and banking, but we're we're still we're def definitely on that right the right uh, trend in terms of the right trajectory. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a problem. This is none of this is a problem. This is a good thing. Um, I think the Dow hack, you know, was not good because people lost money, but I think it was a good thing. It's it's the market maturing. You know, Bancor had a had a hack yesterday, which is fresh off the press. Um, you know, and and that it's good. It's good for people to see that you know this isn't a perfect system. Um, and, and that's not, to me, that's not a problem. This is so early. I was at a, last year I was at a, um, at the Technion. There was an, a great event. Vitalik came in. Catherine Hahn, I became a fan of her at the moment. Then I found out 10 months later she's running Andreessen Horowitz's uh, VC fund for crypto. She's awesome, makes a lot of sense. 
Um, Peter von Wachenberg from the Coin Center was there. Zuko Wilcox from Zcash was there. It was Ellie Petson was there. It was stacked and it was quiet because it was before everything got crazy. It was one of the best conferences I've ever been to. And the day that we drove up, we drove up to Regulation Day. My friend and I uh, drove up there. And uh, it was the day that Jamie Dimon said Bitcoin's a bubble and, you know, the markets are down 30% and everybody's panicking, except for the people at the conference. Everyone at the conference was calm. No one, everyone was fine. I spoke with a couple people there and we were talking about how, yeah, Ethereum could die. Yeah, it could die. Just like Netscape dot, could, you know, and, and MySpace and all the, and AOL. And if you would have thought, you know, they had the stats about AOL trying to buy Google versus then versus now, you know, all yeah. these crazy statistics. So it, it's fine. Like all this stuff is fine because the people who really believe in blockchain, which I, I really believe in blockchain and, and its future and, and how it can be, you have... There's great uses and there are awful uses for it. I think the great uses of blockchain can really be transformative to the world. Um, but And it's fine that we don't know who the one winner is going to be, at least right now. That's fine. That's And don't and people freak out about it, but it's fine. Hacks are fine. All these things are fine. It shows the market is maturing. People are educated more and, and we're growing and growing. So to be early is, is not a problem as long as you understand, yes, we are early. If you think that, you know, if people think that we're not early right now, and they're expecting it to not be early, then you're going to have issues. That sounds, but you mentioned that you were saying that you're late, or so you were late in the game. And you, I consider myself yeah. late because I talked to like Aviv Zohar, who's you know quoted by Vitalik in the original Ethereum white paper with Yoni about their you know with their work on Ghost Protocol. They were working on stuff in 2010. A lot of people I talked to, the people I really look to as my mentors in the space, are people who've been involved since 2010 that saw Bitcoin at its original state when it was. Hey, you want to buy some, you want, I have these Bitcoins, you want some, like when the pe- the guy sold, you know, 10,000 Bitcoin for, for two pizzas or whatever it was. Right. Uh, those, are, those I consider those like the real people that I look to. And there's some great people who are coming in now, they're coming in later, they're really falling in love with the technology. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but those, you know, that's, I, those are like the people I put up on a pedestal um, as being the really the people who are innovative, who've been around for a while, have a great expertise, really are more level-headed as opposed to, you know, there's some people who are coming in later who don't really understand it fully and understand the process. Um, you know, and, and those people I consider them. Those are later, which is it's not. It's fine. You know, as long as you understand that, like there's there's people who've been doing this for a lot longer than myself included. You know. So you mentioned the people who have really been like integral and <clears throat> excuse me, the drivers behind like bringing blockchain to the masses, if you yeah. will. Um, what have you kind of what what excites you? What kind of projects excite you? Or co- the concept that you've seen that really get you kind of that you've heard about so far in the blockchain space that really say, wow, these guys are doing something interesting, innovative, or disruptive, if you will. Sure. I lo- anything that's co- that's distributed cloud storage, to me, is awesome. Um, I mean, Golems, and not so that's something else, but uh, Filecoin, Coin, Storage Coin, um, you know, doing distributed cloud storage, I think, is incredibly disruptive to AWS, to what's going on now. Those are awesome projects. Uh, Golem with, you know, and, uh, and Sonam with doing, uh, you know, excuse me, distributed, uh, you know, um, computing power. Uh, those are all really cool things. Then the platforms like Ethereum, I mean, what Vitalik is touching is amazing. Omis go, you know, to try to do millions of transactions a second. I look to, when I look at projects, I look more at the people. Um, the first thing I look at when I look at a project is, um, is it a good use case? Does this make sense? Is this a good use of blockchain? Like, just on a very simple level. Like, is this just, like, real, like, whatever it is. And then I look at the team. Um, and... Really, and the great thing about Israel, and I spoke to a startup uh, two days ago, and they said, uh, you know, that they have, uh, 
the tactical team down, they don't have the marketing. We started laughing because I said that's the exception. Most people have all the marketing down, and they don't have the technical team. But Israel, um, so Israel in general has that, you know, that issue. Yeah, they have the, yeah. They have the technical, the, the R&D, and everything else, and all of a sudden the marketing comes, and that's where they're missing it. Yeah, and obviously there are, that's not to say that everybody in Israel, yeah. every ICO and every blockchain company in Israel is perfect and all that. That's not, couldn't be farther from the truth. But you just have a lot, I, I found a lot of, you know, you find a lot of people who have, coming from university with an incredible background, um, really know their stuff, have a tactical, you know, understand this technical, understand how hard it is to build a blockchain, how you know, everything that goes wrong with, that could go wrong with it. Um, you know, the Pied Piper in Silicon Valley discussed it, I think, very, very cleverly um, in this past in this past season. But it's not easy, and it could it could get taken over very quickly if you're not careful, and or you could have issues where all of a sudden everything's gone. Uh, and there's, like we said before, there's no do-overs. And what happens? The DAO is a great example of people getting involved in a smart contract where they didn't really know what was going on, and poof, all of a sudden everything's gone. And you know, people putting money on an exchange like what happened with uh, with uh, Mount Gox, you know, Magic the Gathering online exchange, and, and uh, you know, and real, all of a sudden, boom, the money's gone. And so, uh, I, really, having a strong technical team to me is the most important thing. And I, I believe that these, these people with strong tactical backgrounds are going to be the ones to find. Really, they are going to get excited about technology, and then that's where you're going to you're going to find them. So, really, anything that we're, we're blockchain and cryptocurrencies, because there's two things: one is cryptocurrency, one is blockchain. So, there are a few blockchain solutions that are really, really cool that are out there. What Kedit's doing is really cool. Um, you know, what Wave is doing is really cool. Wave Bill of Lading, they're doing some really cool stuff. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in that space as well. Cool. Okay. Um, you mentioned actually, this is actually um, you mentioned an important part of when. Creating new companies or new, new new initiatives in the blockchain. You mentioned that you look for the team. You look at the people who are behind it. Um, could you give like five tips or maybe a couple of tips for people who are trying to consider or considering sure. going into the blockchain uh, or looking to looking either into starting up a team or looking into per perhaps taking an existing uh, product and turning it into something that's more sure. uh, relatable? Yeah. So the first thing is um, make sure that it. The, blockchain actually makes sense, and you're not just doing it for the buzzword. If you're doing it for the buzzword, fine, but just know that might come back to bite you. Um, you know, if you're doing, are you doing a private blockchain, doing a public blockchain, if you're doing a public blockchain, how, why does it need to be public if you're doing a private blockchain, then why you need blockchain, why don't you just use a database? Right. You know, like, there's so many different questions. Um, and then that, that, you also have to understand what you're, what the thing that you're putting, if you're doing an ICO, and we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll keep this in the ICO field because if you're doing private blockchain and doing something else, then that's a whole other discussion. But if you're choosing to go forward with an ICO, the question is, um, you know, what, what, what am I actually, what is the ICO? Um, is it an asset? Is it a token? Is it a utility token? Is it a, is it a commodity? Is it a platform? Is it a currency? So many different things. If it's an asset, don't, when I look at an ICO that's an asset, whether it's a VC asset or a stable coin or something like that, I look at, you know, I sort of look at the, 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 the coin the coin itself as a pass-through. It's like, great, I'm not investing in the coin. I'm investing in this entity that's below it that you're using blockchain for to create liquidity. And I'm using quotation marks. Liquidity, you know, is... Air quotes. Air quotes, <laughs> liquidity. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you have to realize that. Then you have to know your stuff. Make sure you, you really have a... You, you have a great advisory board. You have, a great, <laughs> you have great people behind it. You really understand what you're doing. The... the you know, you don't. People get very caught up in white papers and, and this, that, the other. 
you know, talk to people in the space, understand what's needed, understand, you know, really get expert, get expert opinion, either as advisors, just people out there. The cool thing about blockchain, um, I've really found more than anything else in VC is how everybody is very helpful to each other. Um, there, it's not like cutthroat people are really, you know, people even on projects that are, that could hurt them in the long run, um, they're helpful towards each other. I think Vitalik is, is a great person who shows this in terms of talking about other platforms because everyone is trying to get to this main goal and there's not going to be a zero-sum uh, game. So I think the big one is make sure you're doing, you know, make sure it makes sense. Um, you know, know what you're actually selling. Uh, have Make sure your team, you have a, a sound team, both technically, who's going to do the technical side, who's going to do the marketing side. You know, really ask for help. Don't be, don't be shy to ask for help. I don't think you really tell Israelis that, but don't be shy to ask for help. Um, and then, you know, just make sure you can execute and be realistic and, 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 and don't try to be overly selfish uh, in the space. Well, that's a, it's a definitely a, a change in what, in what a lot of times startups or new ventures or companies are looking to kind of keep things inside internal, yeah. uh, internal just because they're scared of whether it's the IP or they're scared of someone taking information and, you know, re repackaging and repurposing it. So that definitely is like a disruptive already in the mindset of how people are using blockchain and you know moving blockchain towards something a little bit less, um, I'll call it more community-minded, more uh, collaborative um, in the model as opposed to like the traditional business model, which is much more closed and you know uh, kind of uh, linear. Yeah, it's all open source. I mean, you go on GitHub and I mean, I don't know if it's still going to be GitHub after the acquisition, but uh, you go on GitHub and, and, and you see the code. It's all right. there in front of you. And, it's, it's really cool that the fact, you know, that anybody can build basically on top of anything and it's all open source. It's really cool. And because <coughs> there's a realization that there's building it and then there's fixing it. Right. So, like, who's the question is, is the team, is this the team that's going to be able not just to build it, but to be able to put, to put in the right direction, pivot if they need to, fix it if they need to, you know, really get, do the, get the right partnerships if it's going private, if it's going public, whatever it is. Um, you know, and implement be, or be able to implement the next. You know, once we get lightning, you know, if someone's building a platform, and they want to put plasma, or they want to put lightning, or they want to put some sort of sharding, or what else it may be. Are they going to be able? To, great, so you copy and paste the Ethereum blockchain to your new blockchain. Are you going to be able to implement any of these things? Right. And if you're not, then you're going to be left in the dust. And if you are, then great, awesome. So. Um so, do you actually think? Well, this is a great transition to the question about decentralization in general. Do you think that being decentralized will actually deliver? Um, you know, this is open source, of course, and the idea is that kind of putting things back into like a kind of a uh, I'll call it a, a horizontal, kind of very very straightforward, linear kind of approach, as opposed to just very hierarchy, which is traditional. Do you think this is actually going to deliver over the course of time? I think that you know, people, it's also, I would rather, I, would, I like to say that we're distributed as opposed to centralized, because centralized still has some centralization. Uh, distributed is a little is a little more than that, and that's really what the aim is. I think that, to me, Bitcoin is a great example of what happens with as much, as much uh, distributedness as possible, and I think it's not a good thing necessarily. A, the great example is the whole issue between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and not having a main figure um, so really, Satoshi, I think part of Satoshi's, his, her, their group of people, not sure who or they Satoshi are, is, um, you know, I, I think part of the vision, and the reason why I don't think we're ever going to find out who Satoshi is, is that it's an experiment to see what true decentralization looks like with no figure sitting on top and letting people sort of 
come in because I think if Satoshi would have gone up there and said, I, you know, I choose Bitcoin Cash, the whole world would have been like, oh, Satoshi said Bitcoin Cash, it's all good. As seen by, so one of the thought experiments I like to have is with, with the fork between Ethereum and Ethereum Classic after the DAO is what if Vitalik's not there? What if, you know, Vitalik isn't saying, listen, we're going into, I'm going to be working on Ethereum, people are working on, you know, he would have said, listen, I'm going. If he wouldn't have been there, would have there been a more of a, fr a friction? Would Ethereum Classic be bigger now? Would Ethereum be smaller? Would it be similar to Bitcoin with this internal fighting? I don't know. It's something I like to think about. So I think that there's decentralization and distributed, being distributed is awesome. But it's just, there's also certain things where decentralization is sometimes a good thing. Um, it really depends on the situation and, and depends on what's going on. I really, but the bigger thing is trying to cut as many middlemen out as possible, um, which is what hopefully blockchain, one of the things that blockchain can accomplish. Vitalik, a couple days ago, had a comment about he hopes all centralized exchanges burn in hell, <laughs> which is it's funny to think about the, you know, the valuation that Coinbase is being raised at when you talk about that blockchain is supposed to disintermediate, yet you have all these exchanges which are raising and making a ridiculous amount of money. So one thing I do believe that would be great for decentralization is more decentralized exchanges that have, which are compliant, AML, KYC, all that stuff, because you also, if, especially in FinTech, you got to be listening to all, everything that's going on there. Um, but I think there's going to be some areas of decentralization that are going to be better, um, that are going to be quicker, that really could help a lot, and others that it's not going to be you know as, as big. Well, you mentioned, you just mentioned actually starting to like with fintech and regulations and kind of making sure that you're, you know, staying above board. Um, <clears throat> with all the, <clears throat> excuse me, with all the regulations going on around the world, um, especially now we're, we're touching on the subject decentralization. Is there someone who's supposed to be in charge? Is there some sort of authority that's going to kind of make the decisions for the future of blockchain? Or is it going to be something like um, where kind of the crowd decides it, if you will? Or like so, uh, uh, you know, the entire audience makes the decisions? Or do you think that there needs to be some sort of uh, version of some sort of regulation, regulatory body that kind of helps create the standards, um, especially now when things are really at the you know, critical uh, point? Sure. I think that so it's two parts to it. If, you know, if somebody is trying to – the regulatory aspect, if somebody wants to just stay in Bitcoin all day and never move out of Bitcoin, then they don't need regulation. They do whatever they want. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You're just like sort of living off the grid. And <clears throat> I find it hard to believe that Bitcoin become the standard of currency unless we have, you know, there's a show Mr. Robot. It's one of my favorite shows. And Mr. Robot, not, you know, not, if you want to see what would happen, how, what would it take, not to have any spoilers, um, you know, what would it take for Bitcoin to become adopted? I think something like that would ha that happened in Mr. Robot is what would it take for Bitcoin to actually become adopted by the world. Um, I actually think that, it's, it's good to have, because we're interacting in a world still where we're moving back and forth with fiat currency and we're, you know, we're paying taxes or you know, some people are, you know, <laughs> I, I personally pay taxes. So uh, we're paying taxes and, and trying to be, and, and sort of in this, and I believe in this um, balance between, you know, central, between centralization between banks and blockchain and everything, you know, sort of like finding the good balance. I actually think regulation is a good thing, I, especially with ICOs. Um, I think that surprisingly, I think the SEC has done a terrific job, and I think it's because of the education that people like Peter von Bockenberg at the Coin, and the Coin Center have done. I really, every single thing they've come out with, I, I've actually agreed with. Um, I think they maybe they come out come out with it a little faster. I, and I really think that many people, I've spoken to a few people about this. Everyone's waiting for like the SEC or you know the UK to come out with regulations that everyone's going to follow. That the issue right now with at least with cryptocurrency and taxes being property is crazy. 
you know, they, that, I think that needs to be updated. And there is there was a bill in Congress that was meant to try to update that. Um, you know, because right now, if you buy a Coke with Bitcoin, it's considered a, a real sale of, sale of real estate, and you have to pay capital gains taxes of like sixty percent on like that, which is it doesn't make sense. So that has to be fixed. I would love, you know, if there was a, if there was an educated regulatory body that really understood what cryptocurrency was and blockchain is, then yeah. But if it's an uneducated body, then that's awful. So as of right now, what we've seen so far with SEC, I think it's really cool. Then you have stuff like Malta, with Malta's becoming Bitcoin Island, Gibraltar's doing that, you know, so there's going to be, I think everyone is working from both sides and hopefully we come to some sort of agreement in the middle or sometimes on one side, sometimes another. I think that, you know, there's certain types of regulation is good. I think in a lot of the areas in blockchain, there should be a lot of there should be more regulation, or they're doing a good job regulating. <clears throat> okay, well, that sounds like um, like the from the regulation side. I guess that that sounds like we're still at that point where everyone's trying to you know kind of either flex their muscle or at least show that they're involved in it in a way that makes sense. Um, you know, you mentioned Malta and you mentioned uh, Gibraltar as kind of countries that are trying to get on board, which is already indicative of something that they're realizing that there's something big here, there's something huge, but there's also something from the side of the SEC, what you're saying is that they've done a great job in terms of creating and showing that they're relevant, but at some point there's a middle ground, which is really the Congress and or, you know, taxation, which like you mentioned earlier, is this, uh, there's kind of like this, you know, weird cube, Rubik's cube that they kind of have to figure out along the way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so... In terms of like, can you give us some point of views about um, ICOs in general? And what, what, what do you think the success rate will it, will it be? Will, will they be more better uh, than you know tech startups, or better or worse, more correctly about than tech startups? Especially since you are yeah. really in that space. Yeah. So I think that ICOs. Um, I got started getting involved with them in early two thousand seventeen. I think early two thousand seventeen, and it was the wild west. It was crazy. It was just really nuts. Um, and then things started getting, really started getting crazy. I personally believe that ICOs have been broken since Basic Attention Token, uh, which is, a, which is a brave browser, really cool, great team, awesome, you know, awesome coin, um, not advice, but I think really good team. Um, and, uh, the, uh, what, what happened is that one person paid like, I forgot the number, like $10,000 in mining fees to get like 8% of the company. And now what ICOs have turned into is like, Basically VC, where you have a private sale, where you're getting big checks to come in, and they're and they're coming in, and, and then when it goes to the public markets, and when or when they have the public sale, quote unquote, it's already three four x, you know, multiple on from when the private investor got in, and then it goes on the public market, and the you know the private investor sells a little, like you know the private investor has trying to sell a little bit, and the public and the private private sale comes in and liquidates at like a 6x 7x and now the and the, it's it's VC it's the yeah. same thing as VC at the beginning you know and this is what the talk has spoken about this is what many people have spoken about at the beginning you know you had when the greed wasn't in there when it wasn't trying to get as much of the pie as possible when people were actually investing in products that projects they believed in I wanted to do the basic attention token sale and I, I wanted to participate in it. I couldn't because in four seconds it was finished and like so many people want to be in and one person ended up taking up the whole you know the whole pie so that's a huge problem and and that has to be fixed because someone say oh you know ICOs are disrupting VC yeah in theory but right now they just are VC especially look at the names that are investing in some of the some of the top tokens quote unquote or VCs or VC backed hedge funds the other thing and why I think that ICOs are just crazy right now is that you would the one thing if you, you could argue the venture's broken 
if you want. Let's just say you argue that. I don't, but let's say you want to argue that. The one thing that makes sense in venture uh, is the whole idea of hitting milestones. Is that you hit your, you, you have an idea, you get your seed investment, you get a little bit of money. Then you want to raise, then you get product market fit, you get your A round, you start growing, you get a B round, CLAs, except PE, and that whole process of raising money on milestones makes a lot of sense. But right now in ICOs, it's like, hey, I have an idea, give me, it'd be the equivalent of a, of a, of a startup saying, I'm a seed stage company with an idea, I don't have a product yet, I want a billion, I want $100 million of billion dollar valuation. It's th that's basically what's going on in ICOs right now. There's some people who are doing it. Nor it's starting to come back to down to normal, but you see these ICOs that are just hundreds of millions, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars and just at huge valuations with no product. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense. And the funny thing about it is that the perfect thing to sort of get in the way of that and, and stop that is a smart contract, which can be set up so easily on, on blockchain. So especially on something like Ethereum. Um, and so what I think will be, I would, what I would love to see is a move towards doing a, um, you know, sort of a smart contract where the money goes into the ICO, the ICO money goes into a smart contract. It's held when the company hits certain milestones, more money is released. If they don't hit those milestones, the money goes back to the investors. And then no harm, no foul, everything's fine. You can, and you can have tokens get distributed per rata depending on how much money gets put out, whatever it is. But just something that makes it, which is why I think you're going to have a lot more failures in ICOs right now than you would have in, vent, in venture just because... There's just so many that are just total BS, and this is where regulation needs to come in. And just like, there's so many people out there that are that don't really understand the technology so much, don't really understand the use cases, and they're putting, they're taking loans on houses, they're putting, they're putting their savings into these projects that are just like, forget just Bitcoin. They're finding some like crazy ICO, which is just like, it's like pre-seed investment in venture. So. I think there's going to be a lot, at least right now, in the early stage, like, because just the same thing as, like, the internet, you know, going back to that metaphor. The internet, when you had everything.com, or at the beginning of the SaaS model, everything SaaS, blank as a service, you know. There were just so many people just trying to do that, and there was just a ridiculous burn in terms of the amount of companies that just died in that, and then eventually, um, eventually it'll calm down and more, you know, there'll be more... Real. So I think right now we're going to, at the beginning, we're going to see a lot more ICOs fail. They have trackers that are out there right now already. I think there's a thousand at least that have failed since last year. Um, there's a lot of trackers out there checking it out. There's going to be more, um, and they'll probably be bigger. Um, <coughs> but eventually it'll calm down and come back, back to earth as the market matures. So you mentioned before, um, so as the market matures and, and, and things kind of get, you know, the calm and the, the, the storm hits and everyone's kind of like, okay, we've hit the storm, which is like, I guess we're kind of, Pretty much in the eye of the storm of what, what you know, kind of what blockchain is meant to be, or really getting there, or almost there, where people are really getting on board or getting interested in it and investing in it. Clearly, there's a lot of money going on, and what's going on. Um, if you had to, since you mentioned earlier that you were an investor, and you mentioned that there was an opportunity that you missed. I'm not taking this as advice. No one's looking, <laughs> at, no one's looking at this as like you know, go sign up right yeah, now. Exactly. But if you had to invest for companies that interest you in terms of what uh, what would be a good investment for someone who's either Getting into it early on, or interested to like kind of get their, get their feet wet, sure. or someone who's a little bit more advanced. What kind of uh, thing so, are you so I'll talk broadly and not specifically, so yeah. I don't get in trouble. <laughs> um, <coughs> I would say that you have to you have to divide your portfolio. First, you have to make your own decisions. You research. Forget what I say; it doesn't matter what I say because I've been wrong a bunch of times, and I've done and I did well in my portfolio last year, as did anybody who had a pulse and yeah. invested early enough. Then you're fine, you know, because you just the market just went nuts last year. Um, I have friends who've actually performed well in the first half of this year, which is really impressive. 
Um, so I like to I like to divide it up. Uh, I think the big thing is to look at is not just to take just it's it, in take it similar to the way you would approach venture is diversify. Diversify is so important. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't hey I think that this random Dogecoin is going to hit a billion dollars. And why wouldn't it hit? Like the other thing is also look at market caps. Don't look at price per coin. I had so many people, you know, talking to me about one of the reasons why people assume that Ripple went up so high is because it was on Coinbase and Ethereum was at you know eight hundred dollars and and Bitcoin was at ten thousand dollars and Bitcoin Cash was at like whatever five thousand dollars and Ripple was at like forty cents. They're like, oh my god, it's so cheap. And it's like cheap is a function of market cap. It's not a function of price per share. And uh, and and, and that's why, uh, and uh, and um, the the fact that you know, and then like, well, why can't it go to ten dollars? I was like, well, if it goes to ten dollars, then it's like a ten trillion dollar valuation. I don't know what the numbers on top of my head, but like, it means it's like got more. If it hits this number, then it has more value than like the current GDP of like half the world. So like, that's not realistic. So look at market. Coin market cap does a great job of organizing by market cap um, in terms of everything. So in terms of allocations. Um, look at the platforms. You know, platforms include Ethereum, include Neo, include Cardano, include Tezos. These are just some. Not one is better than the other, but the platforms is what everyone's building on top of. And I think, and that's you know, and that's really where a lot of things are happening. Um, then you also have the currencies, which are, you know, the Bitcoins, the Moneros, the Zcashes, which each one is doing something different. Each one, one Zcashes, Zcash Monero, more focused on privacy. Um, you know, and then you have the the D apps, the, the distributed applications are building on top of that, and then to look at areas that really make a lot of sense, distributed cloud storage makes sense. Um, casinos look, you know, may people, many people not like, may not like it, but the fact that you could have a transparent casino where you know the odds, where you know you're not getting cheated, uh, is great for blockchain. Um, it's a great use case for blockchain. Um, you have uh, uh, distributed you know, uh, computing power. Um, there's uh, prediction markets. There is quick payments, layer two solutions for payments. There's layer two solutions for privacy. There's so many, and you know, stuff that's you know, trying to disintermediate something. So I think it's important to and make sure that you know, I get my news from Reddit. On you know, check out the Reddit boards. Check out the really the, the communities. Check out the Telegram groups. Uh, you know, really look there. Find out if the, is the coin a real coin? Is the pump and dump scheme? There are pump and dump schemes that are. In the you know very high up with ridiculous very very high valuations, and I've had many people come to me and say, "Hey, I'm looking at this coin." I'm like, "Oh, it's a pump and dump." Yeah. You know, congratulations. You can go for it if you want, but you know, go proceed at your own risk. So it's really important to do your research, um, to really check out, um, look and see, make make an educated decision, uh, and diversify and diversify across. Not just don't just pick one, pick multiple in one. Have a thesis. These what these are the areas that I think that are really going well that are going to be great and then pick a couple companies that you think have the best team, have the best traction, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, and that, that's sort of my approach to it. So since you're, the, the approach seems very sound, it sounds like a, the right approach. And I, I guess I'm using the investment model because that's what kind of what you mentioned and kind of said that this is the, um, you know, the blockchain is kind of very similar to the VC world. Um, and especially since you work with Hourguard, which is very, very established as a company and as a brand um, and as an investment platform. Um, would there be, or are there already <clears throat> advisors for people who want to say, listen, I don't know the first thing about blockchain or anything about the, the technology or what it's meant to be, but I know that I want to invest in it and I know that it's important. Can you help me some, get me some advice and kind of direct me? Um, and or um, if not, what would, you mentioned the, the, you know, the three basic things or four basic things, items, areas that you would kind of look at when you're looking to invest. Would you be able to 
identify um, either a company or a concept of what you would look for um, if there would be some sort of a advisory intermediary. Right. So I think that uh, Olaf Carlson Lee, for example, uh, from Polychain, um, you know, I think they're they're over a billion dollars in value right now. Andrews and Horowitz back then. Olaf wrote he was the first employee at Coinbase. So he talks openly about this sort of going back to what we talked about before about the openness. He talks openly about his strategy, what he looks to do. The question is, he's getting access before everybody else because yeah. he's Olaf and he's and it's Polychain. Um, you know, so that's that's something that that's there. There's a lot of hedge funds that are out there um, that do crypto investment hedge funds. I have a couple of buddies that are in it. Some of them are better, some of them are worse. There's index funds. There's so many different funds in terms of individuals. There's a, Fred Wilson even talks about it occasionally. There's so much stuff online, so many videos, so many people talking about it. I talk to people all the time. I, I don't give advice like on specific companies. I give yeah. advice on concepts, sort of what we spoke about before. Um, you know, that's because I want people to give like their, make their own decision and to really because I think part of you when you just tell somebody here invest A B C D E, you sort of don't get to understand the technology, and you just and then it's sort of teaching a man to fish versus giving a man to fish, right. so to speak. So there's a lot of really, you know, some of the big VC, like like I said, Polychain, Pantera is another big one. Um, we have, uh, you know, Fred Wilson. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's so many others. The guys from, uh, there's so many other, like, specific, not just, not for blockchain investment, but for crypto investment. There's a lot of people out there that, and there's a, the Box Mining is a guy I check out on YouTube. He's got some cool stuff. He just talks about the people who are doing analysis of the market. There's so many different indicators that are out there. And, and we have the internet, and the internet is ridiculously valuable and, and has a lot of potential for it. And, and, there's, and people ask me what book to read, and I say, don't read a book, read Reddit. Right. Um, you know, look at what people, books, once a book comes out on blockchain, it's already too late right. uh, after you print and publish it. Um, and, and read Reddit, read Quorum, read, you know, and, and don't just take, oh, one person said this, so I have to say that. Even listen to what I say, Josh, I think you're stupid, great, awesome, you think I'm stupid, I am very, you know. So it seems, it seems like there's a flood of information online, which yeah. of course is going to be the typical problem of there's yeah. too much information, or maybe there's access to so much information, how we kind of filter out the noise, yeah. that's a typical problem, yeah, not yeah. just with uh, blockchain. Um, and you also mentioned that there are people, individuals, who are kind of giving the right, uh, steering the, the, the ship in the right direction. Um, of course, I can't ask you what Arocrat is doing because that's not a fair sure. question, but I can ask I you. I also know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know, Arocrat is an amazing company, also based out of Israel, also based out of Jerusalem. But um, it's an amazing company, done impressively successful. Um, and as your company, kind of, as the company gets bigger and stronger, what they're doing, both as an investment and also as uh, specifically for the blockchain, um, <clears throat> What kind of statistics or what kind of direction are you, uh, as a company, moving towards in, with regards specifically to um, to the blockchain? Sure. So I would. So when I describe people, because we haven't made a blockchain investment yet, so I describe people what's going on in our code. It's like a duck on water, where it looks like nothing. It looks like just a duck there, but there is an insane amount of work that's going on under the scenes. We got very, we came very close to investing in our first company earlier in the year. Some stuff happened and not happening. Maybe it'll happen. You know early stage companies is what it is. Um, we're hopefully closing on our first deal soon. We'll see what happens. We're, you know how it is in VC, you're trying to get into really, really good quality deals. You have to, you know, try to elbow your way into, uh, yeah. you know, around the trough. We're looking at funds. We're looking at, uh, you know, I, I specifically, I think that, you know, a managed, when looking at a managed fund, we've had the opportunity to invest in, uh, you know, index funds to allow our investors to invest in index funds. Um, to me, that's not, that's not unique. 
Um, that's not really, that's cool, it's great. If you want to do it, go for it. I want, what we're trying to work on is bring something, especially in the crypto space, is to bring something very unique where access to early stage, comp, early stage ICOs, private sale ICOs, um, that normally people would not have access to, which is the whole model of our crowd is to provide, you know, access to top deals that you would not normally have access to unless you're living next door to, you know, Pierre Thiel in, in the Valley, you right. know, so then, oh, and of course you're into great deals and then can I get into your deal flow, you know, right. um, but that's what we're looking into funds that have access that we're looking into, we're looking more, to be honest, we're looking more into the blockchain as technology as opposed to cryptocurrency. Right. Um, that's something we're uh, much more looking more much more looking into that, whether it's an individual company or funds, uh, sort of that model. So hopefully we're going to be making our first investments soon, sooner rather than later. But I'm totally fine with the fact that we haven't done anything yet because especially in this space, you have to be extremely careful. Right. Um, and, and, and there's one thing if I take, you know, or somebody takes a little bit of money and puts it in an ICO and let's see what happens and buy some Pepe cash right. like what the hell maybe this catches on or some you know I don't know whatever coin you want to call it you know useless Ethereum token and see if whatever someone tries to do something with it um, but there's another thing of putting it on our platform which right. is you know we, which is, is a very high standard and a lot of scrutiny from our investments team and making sure that it's the right deal and everything makes a lot of sense for it and so we've been very very careful and we're going to continue to be careful um, but I'm also you know meeting with a ridiculous amount of companies looking for you know, looking for top companies and that either you know we can do now or to do down the road and develop relations with them and help them bring into our network and give access to our investor base. Well, okay, so thank you very much. First of all, uh, and before we kind of close up, you know, now that the we know that the the hackathon that's coming up is kind of more focused on social impact and um, and that guy and that side of that you know side of things less less quote unquote business minded. Yeah. Um, what kind of tips or what kind of uh, things would you like to see for, uh, integrations of blockchain into that sure. kind of space? Sure. I think that social impact is amazing for, for blockchain. I think really for the unbanked. Um, it, it really, there's, there's a company we looked at that ended up, you know, following through, which, which, because we just couldn't move fast enough because it was like private, private sale was like in a day or something, right. like finishing in a day. It's like, okay, well, we, like, there's not enough time to, you know, right. and, you know unless we can turn back time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, that that dealt that company dealt with providing a a, lot, a a credit history for farmers that are living in like Africa and South America, which is amazing. Um, there's a way, you know, the idea of giving something to the unbanked is really a great tool that blockchain can provide in terms of the credit history, the transparency, um, everything that's going on. Uh, you know, really providing, you know, providing just providing access and providing and providing a network and. and sort of community tokens, community coins and all these different things that can really happen. So social impact, I'm looking for things that really help those in need, um, where there's an actual problem, you know, and an actual solution where, you know, this is, this is going to change really, you know, the cool thing about blockchain is that as opposed, you know, you're really changing the world. And a lot of the, a lot of the, we talk about in venture capital, like, oh, I'm changing the world, but some companies aren't. Um, but really, I really believe that a lot of the technologies that's being developed in blockchain is really change, is really going to change the world for the better, um, and hopefully that's what we're going to see in the social in the social impact. And I'm really excited to see that at the hackathon. Awesome! Thank you so much, Josh, for your time, My and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing everyone at the Blockchain Israel hackathon, the first one of its kind, and also uh, looking forward to uh, to hearing your thoughts about um, blockchain and how we can uh, integrate it both in the social impact side space and what you think uh, in the future as well for the technology um, and ICOs. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much.